You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 35. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and Happy New Year. If you are listening to these episodes linearly, then we are just a week or so into the new year. And it's a new decade. It's like happy new decade. It's all of it. And I just love new years, but new decades. It's like, what's going to happen in 2020? The the, the 20 teens were nuts. Uh, The beginning of of this century was pretty crazy, especially in the United States. Uh, if you look back at just what's happened over the last 20 years of just this century alone, it is going to be a pretty, pretty exciting one. I can't wait. You know, are we all going to be living in a virtual world in 10 years? Are we going to have people living on Mars? Who knows? For now, let's not look so broadly and let's focus more on just what's happening around us right now. You have just started a new semester or are about to, and it's all about preparing you for this semester. What are you doing to be prepared for this next semester? You want to be as successful as possible. Obviously, you're going to college to get great grades so that you can have the career that you desire and you can build the life and have the lifestyle that you always desired since you knew what a lifestyle was, right? You love the kind of lifestyle you grew up in and you want to mimic that or have one better or you may not be too thrilled about where you came from and you might be looking to upgrade it dramatically. In order to do that, success in college is what you've chosen as your path to get there. Lots of paths in life and this is the path you've chosen. So let's discuss how you can be preparing yourself for success into the new semester. Um, There's a lot. You know, we've discussed over... Since uh, since last Thanksgiving, moving all the way up through uh, December of the last four or five episodes, we talked a lot on how you process external events, um, your identity, organizing your life. Go back and listen to Life's Blueprint. I believe that was episode 31, where we talk about how you can organize your life so that you can measure it and therefore you can manage it. Uh, moving into preparing you for the semester, you are now using these tools, right? You've got what it is you want to succeed with in this year and in this decade. Great opportunities abound for figuring out your one-year, two-year, three-year, four-year plan, your plan for when you leave college, what city you might want to move to, where the jobs are going to be available. All of this amazing stuff you're looking to prepare for None of it is going to be as beautiful as you would like if you're not preparing each semester to absolutely be set up for success. And so let's go over some of these things because I really think that preparing yourself for a positive semester is it's just so important. It'd be like if you went camping and you didn't check the weather, so you didn't know that it was going to be cold or raining, and you showed up, and you had no rain gear, and all you had was bathing suits and tank tops, and it was 42 degrees, right? You wouldn't prepare to go camping 
without start, without thinking about all the different kinds of scenarios that you might have to come across and it, at least attempting to prepare for as many as possible. I'm a big proponent for being as prepared as possible, but also realizing that you can't be prepared for everything. Right? You may have not have thought that the bear was going to show up in your campsite and now he's knocking over your tent and he's eating your cooler, all the food in your cooler, and he's kicking the, the, kicking the door as you sit inside the car screaming. Right? You couldn't possibly have foresaw that happening, even if you did bring bear spray. So you can only be prepared for so much. You don't want to what if yourself through so many scenarios that you get full of anxiety and stress uh, hoping to be prepared for everything, but you can certainly be prepared for a lot. So let's get you as prepared as possible. So how are you preparing for the semester? What are some things that you generally do to prepare for semesters? Have you figured out what books you're going to need? Um, the best way to buy the books. This isn't the 1990s anymore. There are tons of websites now that you can go on where you can find the books that you want cheaper than your local bookstore. Uh, when it comes to books, can I stress this enough? Make sure that you are uh, getting the right edition. I, I have realized, and I'm sure you have as well, that sometimes they'll add four or five pages to a book, uh, not really changing the overall content, but def definitely shifting the page numbers so that you have to buy the new book. So you want to find out what edition you what edition you need. You want to read the reviews. You want to find out what it is about this book that might be different than the last book. Um, is it necessary? I used to go through certain semesters and just not buying the book at all. I wouldn't recommend that kind of strategy. Um, I do know that certain libraries will have books in them, but uh, not let people check them out so they're always there, but heaven forbid you go to get that book for, before a study session and somebody else in the library already has it. So figure out what books you need, find out what edition it is, make sure you do your research and be able to get that book as cheap as possible. Might be able to find somebody selling it on Craigslist or whatever uh, website is the best one in your area. If you are ever going, by the way, if you're ever going to go and sell a book, um, on a platform like Craigslist, highly recommend that you wait till the next semester is going to come out. One, you know, find out is that book going to still be being used, and it sh shouldn't be too hard to find out from your professor. Are we are people going to be using the same book next semester? Uh, generally, they know that information. You can you can go down to the school, uh, the library within the, each one of the colleges at your university. You can find out if they're using the same book, and then don't sell it until the next semester has started and people are looking for the book. Uh, one, you'll be able to get a better rate for it. More people will want it. And two, uh, you'll really save someone's ass by you know selling a book that normally would have been 130 bucks. You could sell it to them for 80, even though the bookstore was only willing to give you 40. Right? You make more money than you would have from the bookstore and you sell it to the student less than you paid for it because you know, then it's a win-win for everyone involved. So figure out what books you need, figure out the best way to buy them, figure out the additions, figure out the, the key things about the book. Um, what kind of software are you going to be using in your classes? Do you have any experience with the software? Do you own it? Um, are you going to need to borrow it? Are you going to need to use it at a computer, a computer in a library or at your school rather than being able to have it on your own laptop? So can you readily access it anytime that you need it? Can you find that software on the internet cheaper than if you were to buy it at a bookstore? I have to assume nowadays that no bookstores are selling software because you've got to be able to find it online 
most of the time probably in the app store. Um, maybe you're taking a, a, a photo editing class this semester, so you're going to need Photoshop, but you won't need it after you're done with the photo editing class. And so you can go to the Adobe website and you can sign up for the, the subscription and you can get it for 15 bucks a month, have it for the whole semester, and then you can turn it off as soon as you're done with it. So figure out, you know, can you get a subscription to software? Um, one of the ones I have a subscription for is Deposit Photos because I use a lot of different um, kind of um, photos for different projects that I use. And, you know, for $10 a month, you can get a bunch of stock photos, you can get 10 stock photos a month. If you know you've got a huge presentation at the end of the semester, you can go on there. You can line up all the photos that you're going to need and you can buy them whenever you need them. And then you don't necessarily have to go to one of those stock photo sites that wants to charge you an arm and a leg uh, for a picture, right? So you've got to figure out ways to access and utilize the software that you're going to need most of this stuff is readily available when you're signing up for the classes. It's not like they're changing their minds two weeks before the class starts. Um, that doesn't make much sense. I can't possibly see a scenario in which that would be the case where they were going to use one book and then they switch to a different book uh, right at the last second. Unless you're taking, let's say, an English lit class and they're going to change you know, the novel that everyone's going to read that semester, you know, and that's a 10 or $15 book. And so changing that isn't that big of a deal as compared to changing, you know, a textbook, which can run you, you know, over a hundred dollars in many cases. Um, one of the things I've always felt about college is that you're, you're going to leave college and you're, you're going to come across many a times where you're, you're going to say college did not prepare me for this. And it's really not college's responsibility to prepare you for every single scenario that's going to happen in your life. You're not going to know every single thing you need to know for your particular field when you get out. There are definitely things, you know, if you're if you're looking to become an oceanographer, you know, work with dolphins or work in the ocean somehow, yeah, there's going to be a lot of that stuff that you can learn that will still be general and will is evergreen material it won't change but you're going to leave school and you're going to have to learn new things. Just get that in your head now and be okay with it. What college really works on is preparing you to meet deadlines, utilize the resources around you, and be responsible and disciplined in following through on what you say you will. Because it's going to put a lot of meetings, it's going to put a lot of objectives in front of you, and in order to fulfill those and to achieve the highest sense of self and the highest uh, you know, level that you can as a student at whatever university or college you're going to, you need to be able to meet deadlines, utilize your resources, follow through when you say you will. And that's really what college is looking to prepare you for, is to just become a responsible adult by putting so many responsibilities in front of you that you have no choice but to figure it out. I say all this because the next point that I'm going to bring up, what resources will you need to utilize on campus, is extremely important. It's to me, not knowing how to utilize all the resources on your campus will determine your success rate way more than just 
the tenacity that you bring. Although with tenacity, it means that you show up every day to do your best. But if you're using, you know, if you're trying to hit a baseball with a ping pong paddle and everybody else is using a baseball bat because they knew where to buy a baseball bat and you didn't, you're not properly utilizing the resources around you. So know what resources you'll need. And really, a lot of these resources could be places for you to obtain the software, to obtain the books, so that you can achieve what it is that you want and do it in an efficient manner. I'm huge on efficiencies. You know, if you're sitting there scrounging away for the right chapter, trying to find the right book so that you can succeed in a particular class and it takes you an hour to get situated, to find the materials that you need so that you can even begin to sit down and study, you're already an hour behind the other person who was already prepared for all of that, who already knew what resources they could utilize on campus and already had a habit in place to efficiently utilize them. Anytime you take on a new endeavor, you're not going to necessarily have the best habit structure in place, the best scheduling format, the, the best any kind of format, really. You're not going to have these habits in place that once you've done something just a few times, let alone 5, 10, 15, 20 times, you'll then have in place and you'll be able to more efficiently move through the workflow. Here I am at episode 35 of this podcast, um, oh, nearing episode 50 in my other podcast from sobriety to recovery, preparing my show notes, figuring out what to research, where to pull my information, what, what stuff's already in my brain, how to organize the show notes effectively so I can copy and paste them directly into Podbean, how to efficiently edit the podcast so that I'm not spending a ton of time on that. When I first started this, that stuff was not second nature. It certainly is now. You know, I'm over 100 podcasts just on these two shows, not to mention all the other podcasts I've done. I have very good habits in place to be as efficient as possible. So what resources are you going to need to utilize in order to be efficient so that when it's time to get to work, you can do it as quickly as possible so you can get right down to brass taxes, which is that you need to be studying. You need to be learning so that you can get these good grades. How... Can the library help you? Every university, at least the ones I've, I mean, I have researched hundreds of universities. I contact them all the time to come speak there. They have success centers. They have places where the tutors are located. You go in, you tell them the problem you have, and they know exactly where to put you. You're not the first one with whatever problem you have. You're not a special little butterfly when it comes to problems in college. Anything that could possibly be upsetting you or bothering you or getting in the way of your success, your mental health, your physical performance, your emotional well-being, whatever it might be, there is a place on campus to help you. Go to the Success Center Go talk to somebody on campus. I remember University of Florida and Ball State both had um, therapists and psychologists that I could talk to. Go utilize these resources on your campus. Somebody else out there has had this problem. The, the university realizes they need to have steps in place for you to get over and, and this issue so that you can achieve your highest self while you're attending their school and they're ready to help you. Library, success centers, teacher's assistants, your academic advisor, other students, upperclassmen. What resources on campus can you be utilizing for success this semester? Know these things now. Prepare to use them. 
go to the success center and ask questions on what they can help you with. So later on down the line, when you're having a problem, you already know that they're there. They are there to solve it. You already know that they have the resources to help you with the resources you need. <laughs> it's everybody. Everybody has a resource, right? So when you need it, you just got to find the right person with the resource. If you're hungry, know where the cafeteria is. You you have hunger. They have the resources to solve the hunger issue. Um, will you need a job? This is number four. Uh, will you need a job? Is it going to be on or off campus? Are they going to be able to work around your schedule? Do they understand the needs of a student? If you get a job on campus, they are very fluid with your schedule and helping you make sure that you can attend all your classes and have adequate amounts of rest and stuff like that because it's an on-campus job. They realize they're ha- they're hiring and handling a ton of different students, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual needs. Play- jobs on campus are amazingly helpful and beneficial when you're trying to work with a really packed, slammed, crammed schedule. You go off campus and you start working at a restaurant or a bar or a retail place there, and they're going to be less willing to help, even if they are hiring only college students, because they're going to give you that, well, I've got a business to run, and this is what the business needs are. And all of a sudden, you're you're working a night before you have a big test, and now you got to go home and try to study, and you're exhausted. So figure out if you need a job, uh, how much it's going to pay, is that going to be enough? Figure out your needs from the job and then figure out is it best to be on or off campus. I always worked off campus at bars and restaurants because I made way more money. It also exhausted me. I missed a lot of really important school events because school, because the job did not care that I wanted to go to these events. And after a while, I just got so into the work mode that there was times where I would skip class to work a work a day shift and make $150 rather than go to class. Uh, Horrible, horrible attitude I had um, towards what was more important, school or work. And you have to figure that out. If you're a non-traditional student, you know, you might have to take all-night classes because you can't miss work. And so you're going to need to know what resources are available to you when you are on campus because it may only be at night. And so you might need to have a day where you can go to campus early so that you can talk to the administration professionals that are important to your success so that you can meet with the teachers because their hours may not be conducive to somebody who only is on campus at night. So know these things going in and start to figure out solutions before these things, before these issues actually become problems in the future. Uh, Number five I have on my list is, do you have ground rules about quiet study hours predetermined with your roommates or family members or whomever you're living with? Back in the day at UF, I lived with uh, my boy C, and he uh, wasn't going to school. He was one of the the head cooks at the Fridays that I worked at, and um, therefore he didn't have any reasons to be up early. He you know he only worked at night. He we'd go to the bars. He'd go to the bar. Whatever it was, he'd come back. Maybe he'd bring people with him. I'd have a class at eight, nine, ten in the morning, and he'd want to make noise at two thirty, three in the morning. It was not conducive to me having a normal uh, sleep schedule. And uh, I did also party way too much, but even when I didn't want to, I also had to contend with someone who would come home from work at, you know, midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning, and they'd want to drink some beers and do whatever they wanted to do. And uh, we never, we never predetermined quiet time hours, you know, so not every night would he have to be quiet. Uh, You know, I could have given some in on that regard as well. 
Um, but they could also have been quiet and perhaps gone to somebody else's house that night and drank after work. Um, because we never predetermined any of this and pre-discussed it. Uh, nothing ever happened. And when I did bring it up on random nights where I did want to go to sleep early for Tess, and I didn't give him any kind of notice at all, um, he felt uh, insulted by the fact that I just assumed he would know or I just assumed that he would comply. So have these conversations with your roommates, whomever you're living with now, about quiet hours. You know, somebody could have all night classes. Another person could have all morning classes. You're going to need to know when, you know, when is it a good time to be able to play music a little bit louder in the morning? Maybe one of your roommates doesn't get out of work till 3 a.m. and wants to be able to sleep till noon. If so, you're going to have to be polite and not listen to jamming music at 10 a.m. just because you've been up since 6 same way if you, you get out of uh, class and you're done and you're ready to, to play loud music at 7 or 8 o'clock at night, but one of your roommates has got to be up at 5 a.m. and they're looking to go to bed at 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night, you're going to have to learn how to be quiet. You have to have these conversations at the beginning of the semester so you know the parameters. And then the last thing I have on my list, and by no means is this the end-all list, but the last thing I have for preparing yourself for the semester is uh, just asking yourself, what are some scenarios you can envision arising down the line that you can begin to prepare for early? And that's what this whole episode's really been about, is figuring out what are some issues that you might have down the line that you can start preparing for now. You know, are you going to want to go out of town for spring break? So do you need to work extra hours in January and February and March so that you can go away on spring break? Is they're going to be a huge assignment due right after spring break, and you don't want to come back from that uh, hungover and haggard and have to then deal with it. So do you need to start studying now? Do you need to start working on that term paper now so that you're prepared so later on down the line when you don't necessarily necessarily have the time to do these things, um, you're already prepared. It's how I do this, these podcasts. Not all of them are shot the week of or the day that they are released. In a lot of cases, I will bulk shoot 4, 8, 12, sometimes as little as 2. Sometimes I'm doing the podcast the day of. But I look ahead in my schedule and think to myself, what do I have coming up? And is it better if I shoot 4, 8, 12 of these podcasts at once so that they're all loaded up and ready to go and then I can focus on other things? Um, that is certainly what I've done for this, these amount of shows. I have bulk shot a lot of them because I'm in the preparations of scheduling um, campus activities administrators and students and professors to come on the show. And in order to be able to put all my energy towards that, I need to have the the day-to-day and the week-to-week grind of this podcast already over with and done so that I can step away and say, okay, the next three months, all my episodes are taken care of. Now, what am I going to do for the next three months? I've got to plan months out. Whenever I've, I've got some speaking gigs already scheduled for next July and next November, that's a year away, right? I, I, once those things are scheduled, I do, is there anything I need to prepare for? What are some scenarios I can envision arising down the line that I'm going to want to have some solutions prepared for so that when that problem does come, I'm not freaking out because I didn't even see this coming. There's a lot of things that you can see coming down the line if you just put a little bit of effort into it now. So start asking yourself that next week when we go over um, 
let's see, next week I think we're going to be going, getting acclimated to the new semester. The next two weeks are really going to be about getting you ready for this semester even more than this episode already has. Come up with some answers to these questions I've proposed. They're in the show notes. And then next week we're going to be talking about getting acclimated to the new semester as far as your schedule, um, how you're going to get to class, your paths, knowing your timelines, things of that nature. And then um, two weeks from now we're going to go over your long-term execution of the syllabus, of all your syllabi. And when we do have these conversations, a lot of them are about future pacing, things that are going to come up, and then being able to go fall back on the things that we discussed in this episode, utilizing your resources on campus, um, success centers, libraries, TAs, advisors, and such, knowing the software that you're going to need. Um, if you've never used it before, do you have YouTube videos there to help? If you love Photoshop because everybody has done a video on no matter no matter what problem you have on Photoshop, there's a YouTube video for it. It's amazing. I remember trying to use Photoshop in, back before YouTube was a thing, you know, in the early 2000s. And if you didn't know how to do something, it was just ugh, such a drag on the project. Now you can try to figure something out. You can flip over, watch a video, and two minutes later, you're right back into the workflow. And then, of course, knowing what books you need, best way to buy them, and such. So we're going to talk more about envisioning um, scenarios in the next couple weeks. Uh, For now, answer these questions. Go over the show notes. Figure it out. Maybe just Google how to best prepare for a semester. But have this stuff bouncing around in your head now as the semester is just getting ready to start because... um, It's better to know than not to know. It's always better to know. And if you don't think about this stuff, then when these issues show up, all of a sudden you're going to be freaking out because you didn't even think about it. And it's going to be way more stressful and bring you way more anxiety than it needed to. All right. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Be kind to one another. We'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. 